We've been dealing with beyond because, and I've done this before, but beyond is very important. Going beyond. Having a mindset that's beyond. Seeing those things that are beyond. But let me just say this. You will never get to where you are going until you go beyond your present position. Let me say it again. You'll never get to where you are going until you go beyond your present position. You have to move. You have to say it's time. And some of you are sitting here today knowing that you've made some plans. You've got some thoughts. But I'm going to tell you they'll never go anywhere until you go beyond thinking about it, hoping about it, wishing about it. Those things never get the job accomplished. It's when you stand up and say, I may make a mistake, but I'm going to keep on going until I get my results. I'm going to accomplish something for myself, for my family, and for the kingdom of God. And far as I'm concerned, the kingdom of God is number one. So I'm going to move from my present position because I go beyond. So I said this morning, you must go beyond your present vision, whatever you are seeing now, Because the vision is not just for now, it's for the future. And how many people understand that a vision is is not, it's it's only limitation, it's you're seeing it in the now. But a week from now, how many people can hear me today and see that that vision is going to change? What do you mean by change? It's going to grow. It's going to start developing. You're going to start seeing it more clearly. You're going to start getting a hunger to see it accomplished. Vision. So you have to go beyond your present vision into the vision God has for you. You have to go beyond your present experience. What are you or what what are you experiencing? How many of you are just happy with the with the experience you have right now in Jesus Christ? I hope no hands are raised. Because you need to go beyond and go to a further relationship with Christ and understand that he's real. Listen, how many people know of a rock and roll uh, singer named Alice Cooper? You know Alice Cooper? I heard him say with his own mouth, and he's done everything you can do. He's been there, done there, got the T-shirt, but here's what he said. He said, the world has a problem. He said, they need to see the real Jesus. Now, here's a guy. I'm telling you, years ago, I wouldn't have believed that he said it. He said, but they've, they've missed who he is. They've missed what he's all about. Listen, the world is about to make a change, and I want to be on the forefront of that change. I want to make sure we have a voice in that change. I don't want to be in the back of the bus looking at what God's doing. I want to be in the front of the bus spearheading it and doing what God wants me to do. Don't you? So I'm not happy with my experience as it is. I want to go on to know the Lord. That I might know him and the power, his resurrection power. I want to know Jesus Christ. I have to go beyond certain things to get there, but I'm going to see it with my own eyes. I'm going to live and not die. Why? Because I'm going beyond what people say. What do you mean? I'm going beyond my present experience. And in order to go where I've never been before, I've got to get out of where I am. I'm stuck. How many people have ever been stuck in tradition? It's bad. 
Very bad. There are people that are stuck in denominationalism where they, they think this is the way church is. I'm going to tell you how church is. Church is what Jesus says. Church is what God wants. We have set a structure around what God wants, and, and sometimes we've structured God out of the program. You say, Bishop, are you sure? I've been around, I've watched, and we've become more in church, a performance-based church than a, what do you mean performance? We're performing instead of a demonstration-style church. Paul said it. I didn't come enticing words. I came with demonstration and with power. What do we need? I, while the music was being played today, I said, oh, Lord Jesus, we need to see you. We need to feel you. We need a demonstration of your goodness and your glory and your power. That's the only thing that will change a person's heart or their mind is the glory of God. So in order for us to do this, we, it requires this. Here's the requirement for us to achieve this. We have to go beyond ourself because self is limiting us. Our views, what we think, and it doesn't matter what you see or what you think. It matters what is the Spirit saying to you. What is the Spirit saying to all of us? We have to go beyond ourselves. We have to, Randy, we have to go beyond our thoughts. We have to go beyond our old ways. How many of y'all have some old ways that need to go away? Uh-huh. We have to go beyond our old ways and beyond what the people think about you. How many people care what people think about them, about you? You think, do you care about what people think about you? Not really, because really that doesn't matter. What matters is what does the Lord see about you? And let me just reiterate, when I said you have to go beyond yourself, I want to say again, yes, you have to go beyond what you think about yourself. What do you think about Floyd? What do you think about Namoda? What do you think about... Uh, uh, Miller, Collier, what do you think about you? Gerald, what do you think about you? you? Have you reached your limitation? Are you at your peak of life? Well, if you are, I think you're, you're making a grave error and a mistake because you're not at your peak. You're just now climbing the ladder. You have to go beyond yourself and see where you're headed. See, I don't believe anybody is limited by size, by color, I don't believe we're where I was raised. I believe you can come out of it and do whatever you want to do. You can accomplish it. And I believe a church can be great when that church, everyone in, seated in the house of the Lord, starts to go beyond what, where we've been, goes beyond what we've accomplished. See, here's one thing you have to see. We have to get out of our head what we have accomplished in the past. What we did back then, because what we did back then is gone. I thought this morning, you know the only good thing for a trophy room? All the trophies in there speaks of all the things you did, you accomplished. Golf games, tennis games, uh, spelling bees, uh, uh, even scholastic or academia or whatever. All the things you've got in that big trophy room. And it's meaningless. You have to go from that trophy room and understanding that God has a future for you that's far beyond the trophy room. Quit walking in there and basking in the past and start looking at what God has for you in the future. You can do it. 
you can accomplish it. I said you have to go beyond what you think about yourself. Why? Because yourself, you can be your greatest limiting factor. Not your mom, not your pop, not your mima or papa. It's all about you. Quit blaming people and it's you. If I fail, it's me. I don't call my doctor and say, thanks, I'm gaining weight. It's your fault. My blood pressure's out of whack. It's not his fault. It may be your fault. I don't know. It's, not, it's my fault. I tore my shoulder up. I'm going to blame God for my shoulder getting tore up. It was Alan's stupidity. Can God heal it? Absolutely. But what God wants to make sure of is, am I going to go out and do it again? I'm not going to. I promise you. So myself, self can be the greatest limiting factor. How many of you believe that you, if you could get beyond yourself, you could accomplish something? Because you do sit and think about things. How many of you sit and think about things and wonder, maybe I've messed up? Or maybe, here's a, bad, here's a real bad one. When you think more highly of yourself than you should. They're in the self. I'm not. The older you get, the more you want to understand that we're all part of this thing together. It's not just about self. So today, everybody say today. Today we go beyond, we go beyond. Why? So we can go above and experience the goodness of our God. We go beyond so we can go above. Let's quit living beneath our privilege. You say, well, what privilege is that? Have you not read what Jesus accomplished on the cross? He shed his blood. He died. It's time for miracles. That's what a man said to me yesterday. One of the bishops called me. He said, he said Bishop Meshagan, it's time. He said, you deserve a miracle. Because he knows me. He knows the many thousands upon thousands upon thousands. I can't even number the people I've prayed for and watched God move in their life. All over the world. But you know what? I'm not complaining about what I don't have. I am thankful for what I do have. I'm thankful. How about you? So going beyond steps outside your status quo. I'm going to step outside of it. I'm, I'm going to do things. Have you ever heard a parent say, you're, you're just like your Uncle John? You're just like your Aunt Dolores. You ain't going to amount to nothing. Has anybody ever said that before? You ever heard that before? Matter of fact, there's people sitting here today. You probably had a finger pointed at you said, you just like your no good daddy. Well, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You are like your father, which is in heaven. And you have the ability to accomplish anything you said in your heart. In your own mind. You say, I messed up though, Bishop. You don't know what I did last week. I don't care. Holiness is not performance based. What? Are you serious? Let me say it again. Holiness is not performance based because you can't perform good enough to be holy. You can't do it. Holiness comes because of I have a relationship with the Holy One of Israel, Jesus Christ. Amen? That's just fact. So I'm going to go beyond the status quo. 
into the realm where the Spirit starts to guide me. I want the Spirit to guide me. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24 in the King James Version. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely, thoroughly. And I pray God for your, some of your spirit. What? Whole spirit and soul and body. Do you see how he separated it? Whole spirit, soul, and body. Be preserved, blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calls you who also will do it. Notice it, body, soul, and spirit. We have been moved. We have been moved. I'm going to say it again. We have been moved in our body. And we've been moved in our soul. Now it's time to go beyond and be moved in our spirit by the Holy Spirit and see what God can do for us. Listen, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe he went to the cross and I believe he died on that cross. And three days later, he came forth. He shed his precious blood and his blood has been applied on the mercy seat. And I believe he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And I'm going to tell you because I believe in him and he has saved my soul, I am going to see him face to face. I'm going to see him face to face. Are y'all hearing me? How many people can say I will see him face to face? I want to make that clear. It's time to go beyond and walk in the third dimension of man's triune nature, the spirit. The spirit. The Spirit, the Spirit. Romans 8, 1 says, there is no, therefore now con no condemnation. Watch this. No condemnation who them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. See, that's first dimension. They walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. If you get stuck in the first dimension, you're going to get what the first dimension gives you, which is nothing but problems. You get stuck in the flesh. I don't want to be stuck in the flesh. I want to walk according to the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 in the New International Version says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Why is it so important? So that you can nullify the sinful nature. And believe me when I tell you, we all have it. And if you don't believe it, you will, you will remind yourself of your own sinful nature. You get alone, start thinking, that old sinful nature shows up and you have to talk to it. You have to say, wait a minute now. Am I going to do this? Am I going to go that route? Am I going to listen to that? I'm going to do what God is saying. I'm going to do what Bishop said last week. I'm going to go beyond. I'm going to go, go beyond. Matter of fact, we need to go beyond the message today and get into the spirit of the message. Amen. So why is the Spirit so important? Ask that question. Why is it so, so important? Why? Because the Spirit will always take you beyond. It will not put you in a place of where you're stagnant or polarized. The Spirit will take you into a place where you will produce fruit. Not just a little bit of fruit, but much fruit. He'll take you to your perfect place. He'll take you to your perfect place and your perfect and preserve you blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what makes you blameless? Is it performance-based? It can't be. Because he said all have sinned. 
No matter who you are, you've all sinned and come short. It's not performance, it's because of Jesus. His shed blood, what he put on the mercy seat, his own shed blood. Amen? Hope you're catching the, the, the gist of this today. See, the word of God will take you beyond your comfort zone. How many of you get comfortable? I'm going to tell you, it's time to be uncomfortable. Get out of your comfort zone. Matter of fact, next week you ought to sit somewhere else. Get out of your comfort zone. Don't be comfortable because God wants you out of that zone. He wants you to keep striving for the mastery. He wants you to keep working. He wants you to keep accomplishing. If we don't go beyond our comfort zone, we will never get into our destiny. But this that I'm talking about, Randy, comes with difficult decisions. Sometimes it's hard. you got to make a decision. And I don't like to make decisions sometimes. Like, where do you want to go eat? When your wife asks you, where do you want to go to eat? And you start naming it, she says, I don't go there. Oh, how about this? I don't go there. Well, what about this? I don't go there. Well, tell me where you want to go. And that's where we'll go. Well, no, no, no. I think it's your time to pick. I've picked three. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? But difficult decisions have to be made. And there was a man named Elijah. How many people remember the prophet Elijah? Won't preach on him today. But 1 Kings 19, 3 and 4 says, And when he saw, he was challenged by Jezebel. And I'm going to tell you, in life, you're going to be challenged by your own personal Jezebel. It's going to try to scare you, try to uproot you, try to get you not to accomplish what, what you know you can accomplish. And when he saw that, Elijah arose and went for his life. He was scared and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. He said, you stay here. I'm going on. I, 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 I'm, I'm tired. I don't want you with me. But he himself went another day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, a broom tree. And he requested for himself, God, I'm so perfect and I'm such a great prophet, but it's time for me to go. I'm time to die. And said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life for I am not better than my father's. I want you to understand what Elijah did. He forfeited what he could accomplish by asking God to take him off the scene. Now, this is an important thing. He went beyond where he should have gone. He should have gone into the spirit on that one. What he was saying was, I'm through. I'm finished. It's over. And God really was not through with Elijah yet. He'll prove it to him in just a little bit. Although he honored his word. We need to quit asking God for things. We need to say, Lord, your will be done. Or we need to start thanking him in advance for those things that we, we, we desire. I thank him in advance. I thank him in advance that we're going to be out of debt. I'm thanking him for that. I'm thanking him that, that people are going to come in here again from the east, the west, the north, and the south. How are they going to come? I don't care how they come. It won't come because of Google. They're not going to come because of Facebook. They're not going to come because of emails and letters. They're going to come because the Spirit is going to go out and arrest them and bring them in. 
All those other things can work. But I'm going to tell you, when God gets involved, people will drive down the road and say, I don't know what happened, but I needed to be in there today. That's the spirit at work. But Elijah is given a command in 1 Kings. In 1 Kings 19, 15 through 16, after he did that, the Lord said to him, well, go back the way you came. Don't go any other way. You go back the way you came. Now watch. And go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel, king over Aram. Also anoint, remember, God wasn't through with Elijah yet. And anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. All laid out. How many people know God always has a plan? So Elijah had to go beyond themselves. And these men that I'm talking about, Elijah and Elisha, they had to make decisions based on the word of God that came to them. Each one of them, they'll have to be moved beyond their current state and follow the spirit. Elijah had to, Elisha had to do. But Elisha, he's about to, Elisha, I just want to touch on this. Can't preach a long time on this. I want to talk about Elisha because he had to move from an area he had never been before, never even thought about before, in a place he hadn't even asked for. But the Spirit saw his potential. I'm wondering today, how many of you sitting here, God sees your potential, the potential you don't even see? But Elisha was not, he, he, he didn't know what was going on. And in 1 Kings 19, 19, so he departed, Elijah did, and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat who was plowing, he was working. He was a farmer. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him and, and with the 12th, he had the 12th yoke working. And Elijah passed by him. Look at it, he didn't even say nothing. Understand the day that that mantle was passed and placed on Elisha, he was marked as a prophet in Elijah's stead. But there was a process he had to go for before he could walk beyond. Are y'all catching that? Everything's a process with me. When I, when I had my little, my little physical setback, there was a process in there that I had to walk through. And, and it all was for me to learn. It was for me to, to experience. And I experienced some things that I would have never made my mind up to do certain things unless that had happened to me. I would have never, my wife had heard me say, I will never do that. And after that little sickness, after that little ordeal that could have taken my life, I said, you know what, God, maybe I talked too quick. He said, are you hearing me now? You have to listen to God. But there's a process. Everybody say process. So you must walk beyond the process in order to see your intended goal. In order, if you're going to see it, you have to walk beyond it. As a matter of fact, if you ever have ever done the martial arts, which most of you haven't, but I used to be in the martial arts, and you, we'd break boards. I mean, not just one board, but multiple boards. But the thing is, when I train people to do that, you never strike the board here. You strike beyond it. You strike beyond it. You strike beyond it. 
Because if you hit here, you're never going to go through it. You have to see yourself going to the other side. I wonder how many people here today, you have not seen yourself going to the other side. How many people know that when I minister a message, I don't just follow script. I go off script because I don't have a script. I follow certain thoughts. And right now I'm seeing this. We have limited ourselves because we feel like we can't go beyond. We're stopping here. Now, the second in verse 20 that that, that, that mantle went on his shoulders, he left his ox and ran after Elijah, ran after him and said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, then I will follow you. And he said unto him, go back again, go do what you got to do for what have I done to you? What have I done to thee? What is he saying? You need to think about what I've done to you. You need to think about what's been passed to you. He needed to think of the most, of, of, of all those things like most of us would think of because he was a wealthy landowner. But God had just passed an anointing to him. And he asked him to leave all and follow him. That would be tough, wouldn't it? So I say, if he, therefore, for him to obey the prophetic call, he did it at considerable loss. So we think. So what's the key to this? Never, everybody say never. Never allow things to stand in your way of going beyond nothing. The Bible says in verse 21, and he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them. The same oxen, he killed them and boiled their flesh. He got rid, rid of the things that he was using with the instruments of the oxen and gave them unto the people. He fed the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. I'm going to stop there because I, I, there's so many things I can say right now about Elijah and Elisha. But the one thing that, the one thing I want you to see here was that Elisha became a servant of Elijah. Now, he'd already, Elijah had already said, take me off the scene, but God wasn't through with him yet. And in order for God to get the, the, the plan going, he had, there's a process that, that uh, Elisha had to walk with Elijah. And the Bible says he poured water on his hands. You know what that meant? He was his servant. That meant he washed his feet. That means he washed his clothes. That means whatever Elijah needed, he did it. And then God says, okay, I'm going to take you home, Elijah. I'm paraphrasing now. Y'all can read it later. He said, I'm going to take you home, Elijah. And Elijah says, okay, I'm going to go over here. Elijah, Elijah, you stay here. I'm going to go a little bit further. And Elijah says, as the Lord liveth, I will not let you go. So Elijah says, okay. So he goes a little bit further. And he says, now, Elijah, you stay here. How many people know God puts, there's a test sometimes in our life to see what we will do. You said God wouldn't do that. It's important that we're proven. So Elijah, Elijah, you stay here and I'm going to go on a little further. As the Lord liveth, I'm not leaving you, old boy. So he goes on to the water and Elijah strikes the water. And here comes the chariot of God 
and picks him up. And Elisha says, my father, my father. You read all of this. Why was he saying, my father, my father? Was he talking to God? He was talking to Elijah. Understand, you call that person that's important in your life, that's instrumental in your life, father. He said, father, father. The chariot of God, the, the horsemen of, of Israel. I can't remember the exact words there all of a sudden. But he's taken up. And so now the, the mantle that was on his shoulder falls from the chariot and lands on the ground. What does Elisha do? He's angry. He walks over to the water and he says, where is the God of Elijah? And he strikes the water and the water parts. Now, all the years that he served, now he becomes a master. 